Good evening. Welcome one more time to University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare. We are grateful to have you on board with us tonight, December 15th, 2022, and we have an awesome announcement to make, a prophetic announcement to make tonight, and we have an awesome, powerful discussion when God is ready to show things, he waits until the appropriate time. He waits until the right time to make the revelations that needs to be make to be made. And what has transpired and as we go along is I I keep finding out new things about God. There are certain preconceived notions I had, you know, from reading the Bible and how God has operated from my previous experiences with him. But whenever he's ready, he does something new. He comes at you in a totally new way. In other words, don't believe that because he operated in this manner last time, he's going to do it the same way this time. He's totally God, and he can do it any way he chooses. And the Bible tells us he says he wants to do a new thing. And he's doing a new thing. And tonight, I am unloading my burden. I am teaching you something. I'm revealing something that the Lord has given to me. It has burdened me ever since this morning. He made a powerful download upon me. As a matter of fact, just uh, two days ago, today is the 15th, it did not happen on the 13th. It happened yesterday when he revealed to me the things that have transpired. And ever since he revealed it to me and I've meditated and gotten deeper in him and sought more uh, questions and answers from him, more explanation, more uh, insight, more information, more understanding, that's the right word, he has made it clear, and especially this morning, he downloaded something very heavy upon me and placed a very, very heavy burden upon me. And I want to share that with you tonight. So I want you to get your pencils, get your papers, get your Bibles, and let's get into it and unpack this. Tonight, we're going to talk about Belshazzar, his final feast in Babylon. In 540 to 555 years before Jesus was born, there was a king he ruled the nation called Babylon. His name was Belshazzar. He was a king that ruled after Nebuchadnezzar. We all know King Neb, and then there was King Belshazzar, and he ruled Babylon. And we know that Babylon was the world empire. It ruled the known world at that time. Now, as I begin to talk about Babylon, I mandate. You've got to get this book, my new book, Shocking Revelations of Mystery Babylon. Either you go on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, get it, or go to BibleCode7.com.org. Any one of those, you will be able to get that book. Let me give you a little backdrop as to Babylon. Babylon means confusion, plain and simple. Babylon is where God came down. He saw what men were building, and he came down and he confused their languages. Babylon was founded by Nimrod. 
Nimrod was Noah's great-grandson. Not only was the city Babylon founded by Nimrod, but Nimrod was an empire builder. He built an empire. He built many other cities. And he founded many other cities, including Nineveh. And, of course, you know that great city, Nineveh, in the book of Jonah. So Nineveh was a great city. Now, it is told to us in Genesis, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 9th verse, verses 9 through 12. And it gives us a bird's eye view as to what's going on. But when the Bible gives you a small amount of verses concerning certain things, we have to dig very deep into these stories and understand that this is something that is monumental. It is extremely meaty and lengthy, and we have to get into it to see exactly what it involves. So tonight we're going to get into Genesis 10 and look at verses 9 through 12. Verse 9, Genesis 10, says, He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Who was Nimrod? Nimrod was a hunter before the Lord. So what's the big deal if he hunted animals? That's not what hunter are not what he hunted. I don't believe the Bible meant that he was a hunter and a hunter of animals. But the Bible says he was a hunter. He hunted his prey. And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. So, God has this man pegged down, and God said he was a hunter. He went after his target. He went after his prey, and he did so ruthlessly. He went, did so mercilessly. He would not stop until he got what he wanted. He hunted what he wanted, and he got it. The Bible referenced this man, Nimrod, whose name means rebellion and, re and also means valiant. He was victorious. The Bible talked about him and said he was a giborim. He was a giant of a man. Now, what it means, we don't fully know. What it means, he was a 10-foot giant, a 9-foot giant, a 16-foot giant, or what. But he was a mighty individual. He was superior to other men. He was a man of renown. He was a man that was so mighty, the Bible mentioned him by name and called him a mighty hunter before God. The Bible says he began to be great. He began, but he never finished. And now we are seeing so many things about Nimrod. We see uh, with the cities that he built. He built an empire. He built a group of cities. He went from place to place, and he built cities. And in the plains of Shinar, he built this city called Babylon. And this city was so powerful that God looked down and he saw this city being built. And he had to come down from heaven and say, let me go down and see what they're doing. Because what they were doing was totally against God. They wanted a city that could reach into heaven. And Satan was using Nimrod to become like God. Isaiah 14, 13, Satan said, I will ascend above 
the heights of the clouds, and I will be or I will become like the Most High God. This was Satan's uh, uh, desire. This was Satan's dream. This was Satan's goal. So he started to build a humongous structure that would reach up into the clouds. And God had to come down, and God had to stop him. How did God stop them? He confounded, he confused their languages. The Bible says they all had one speech. For example, that speech was like, for example, English. And they had one language, one speech, one language. They all said the same thing. They said, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. The heart of man can conceive something and believe something. It can achieve what it conceives and believes. So this is a little background of Nimrod and Babylon. So this is how you get to know the spirit that drives the kings of Babylon. And this spirit is going down or has come down from generation to generation. This is what you call a generational demon. And we're going to pick up in Daniel, the fifth chapter. We want to unpack some things that we are going to see from Daniel chapter 5. Let's look at Daniel chapter 5 and verse 5. And the scripture says, Daniel 5 verse 5, Suddenly they saw the fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. Now, which king were they talking about? The Bible here is talking about a king named Belshazzar. Belshazzar had a wild orgy. He had a wild party for a thousand of his lords. Men and women gathered together, and they drank and they got drunk. And when they had an orgy, a party of that nature, this was not a one-night party. This was like a whole week of partying where they, they get drunk, they eat, they get up the next day, they do it again, and they do it again, and they do it again. That's how they partied. And they partied so hardy. They got drunk. And in the state of drunkenness, they called for the vessels that used to be in the temple the Lord's Temple at Jerusalem. The very same temple that Babylon went into Jerusalem and he destroyed Jerusalem and he burned the temple and took the vessels of gold and silver from the Lord's Temple and brought it into the storehouses of Babylon. He called for those vessels, the goblets of gold, and they began to drink wine out of those holy vessels, consecrated unto the Lord. And when they began to drink wine and liquor in their state of drunkenness, they praised the gods of gold and silver. They praised the other gods. I want you to hold on to that for a moment. They desecrated God. And they praised, they elevated other gods. They put down the true and the living God, and they elevated, they promoted Baal, 
Satan, another God. Because any other God that they would promote is the devil. And this is what they did. And one thing I want you to understand tonight is desecration, whenever and wherever there is desecration, whenever they say blaspheme and they do things against God, judgment will always follow. Let me say that again. Wherever there is desecration, blasphemy, they'll elevate Satan, the devil, over the true and the living God. Judgment will always follow. Now, so this is what they did. They desecrated the holy vessels that belonged to the temple of God. And suddenly, God announced himself. A hand appeared. Not the full arm, just the wrist forward to the tips of the fingers. And they saw this hand. They saw the fingers, plural, of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace. So God made this hand and the fingers to come and write on the walls of the palace. And it wrote something. And when the king and all his guests saw this hand. They said, my God, what is this? How can a human hand or a supernatural hand appear and write stuff like that? What is this? This was frightful, terrifying, petrifying. The king was pale with fright, the narrative said, and his knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. He fell. And then what was written is Mene, M-E-N-E. And Mene means numbered. It means that God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. You're finished. You're done. Your empire, Babylon, is shut. It's done. It's finished. It's over. It's brought to an end. I want you to make sure that you know that. Mene means numbered, and it has brought to an end. So now we are looking at the end of a kingdom, the end of an empire. Now I have taught you so many times before, this was recorded in my last book, book number four, and I taught you about empires. Longest lasting empires lasted 250 years. English, England, Britain, Spain, the Ottoman Empire, they all lasted the same 250 years. And now the next closest empire to that is 246 years old, and that is America. 246 years, born in 1776, and today, 2022, 246 years. Now, the next thing that was written, verse 27, Daniel 5, Mene, Mene, twice. Mene, Mene was written twice. Mean, and whenever something is written twice in the Bible, it means the thing is established and it will and must come to pass because God said so, because God stipulates that. The next thing was, verse 27, Tekel. Mene, Mene, Tekel. Tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances, the balance scales, and you have not measured up. 
you're found lacking. You're not balancing out. You're short. You're coming up short. God weigh you in the balances and you come up short. In other words, you have not measured up to the expectations of God. And that was Babylon back then. So number one, your kingdom is numbered. It's over. Come to an end. You've been weighed in the balances and you come up short. So that's test number one. And test number two. So the test number one is what? Numbering. God has a number, number system. We all have a number system. You've heard it said, and you know sometimes you go to the doctor, the doctor says on a scale of 1 to 10, how, how high is your pain? What's the pain level? You might say, oh, doc, it's a pain level number 7, or it's a number 3, or a number 8. On a scale of 1 to 10, they always use that system. How beautiful is this person? How handsome is this person? Or what is this on a scale of 1 to 10? That's a number system. So numbering is a way of measurement by God. Weighing, tekel, weighing in the balances. God has a balance scale. And he has weights and measures that he uses. Of course, God is not like human being. But he has weighed, and he weighed Babylon. You have been weighed on the balances and you have not measured up. You come up real short. And he has weighed the nation. And by the way, God still weighs and measures nations, numbers nations, and he measures them. He weighs them. He has ways of doing it, just like he did Babylon. And God is doing so with the nations today, and God is doing so with people today. Hmm? And this is what God does, and this is how he does it. And the very next thing he does is, verse 28, he says, Parsin, or the King James says, up, U-P-H-A-R-S-I-N. Parsing means judgment. Your kingdom has been divided. Parsing means divided. The division means that judgment has been rendered. And your kingdom has been given to the Medes and the Persians. I have divided your kingdom. I have conquered your kingdom. I've cut it in two. The Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. And any nation where there is great, deep division, any nation where there is that kind of division, it cannot stand. And this is what God did to Babylon. God divided. God says, I have divided your kingdom. I have given your kingdom over to the Medes, and to the Persians. So God's wrath, his cup of anger was full, and he poured it out upon Babylon. He poured it out upon Belshazzar. Incidentally, the Medes and the Persians, God has stipulated about Babylon upcoming. You need to get that book. Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. You need to get that book. God has stipulated that Babylon, again, will be destroyed by the Medes. But he didn't include the Persians. The Persians are the Iranians. The Iranians that go way, way back when. There's a certain part of Persia where they call themselves Persians. They don't call themselves Iranians. They call themselves Persians. 
and the Medes were united with the Persians. And God stipulated that in the future, soon to come, this mystery Babylon will be taken over by the Medes. And we know that the Medes and the Persians worked together from this time against Belshazzar. So the Medes are, are assigned by God to in the future, not today, sometime in the future, to destroy just like in the days of old. And we know that the Medes, along with the Persians, they work together. Now, verse 30 says, That very night, Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, he was killed. That very night, Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, was killed. So God took care of business in one night. Maybe this handwriting on the wall was during the day. We don't know. Because the, 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 the scripture mentions over by the lampstand. Maybe it was during the night. We don't know. Maybe it was in the day. We don't know. But the Bible says here that that very night, the same night, it was not a 24-hour thing later. It was the very same night the Babylonian king was killed. They killed him. And Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. So Babylon changed hands because God stipulated it. I want you to understand that the storyline is a little different. But it's the same results. And tonight, I want to change the topic. And I want to say that this topic that we chose here for this one tonight, I want to change it. Belshazzar's final feast in Babylon. That's what I wanted to tell you about. But I want to change the topic right now. I want to change it to the day America died. The day America died. And if you've been listening to me on the daily briefing, I told you this on the 14th. The Lord spoke to me. And to my surprise, even till today, I have not heard, I've not seen, I've not read, read anything, any mention of the fact that America died. And I'm wondering, I said, my God, am I the only one that you're talking to? I've not seen any of the preachers. I've not heard anything. I've not... Nobody mentions this. It was, this has not even received a blip on the radar screen. What's going on? Maybe I'll read something later on. But I, I said, God, what, what's going on? Because the Lord spoke to me and told me that America died on the 13th. He spoke to me on the 14th and told me that. But it seems as if the beat is just going on and on. No mention of anything. But on December 13th, 2022, history as the day America died. Now, not many people know this, so let me make this prophetic declaration plain to you. America was born again in July 4th, 1776. America died on July, uh, December 13th, 2022. The longest lasting empires were England, Spain, and the Ottoman Empires. They lasted all for 250 years. At present, the USA is at 246 years old. On December 13th, all three branches of the U.S. government 
has signed off on the abomination of desolation, homosexuality. Yes, let me say that again. Bishop, are you sure you want to say that? Go on the record? Yes, I go on the record as saying that. That all three branches of the U.S. government has signed off on the abomination of desolation. The only abomination that causes God to waste and destroy not only humans, but a nation. There are food abominations. God does not like certain acts of men. And he says it's an abomination to him. But there is only one abomination in the Bible where God has destroyed cities and thousands of people. And he did so out of fierce anger. And the Bible stipulates that. You want to know where that place is? Sodom and Gomorrah. What were they notorious for? Homosexuality. Yes, God destroyed this Twin Cities and all the neighboring cities that engaged in that. Matter of fact, the Empire of Greece was destroyed because of that. Have you looked at the Greek statues of the women and the men, young boys with their clothes on, exposing their body parts? Yes, the Greeks. And then the Romans. The Romans were a little bit more discreet. Huh? They were in the bathhouses. They kept their clothes on a little bit more than the Greeks did. The Greeks were always about the beautiful-looking body, the athletic-looking body, beautiful uh, figures. And God destroyed them. And we are seeing that the judiciary of America, the legislative body, the lawmaker, the Senate, the Congress, and the executive branch, the presidency, yesterday, 12-13-2022, were all in agreement on that day. Well, wasn't this agreed upon in 2016 under President Obama? Yes, but it was only done by the U.S. Supreme Court. I questioned God. I said, God, I even stipulated that God would judge America when it was done by the Supreme Court. But then, you know, since 2016 to 2022, the beat went on. Nothing seems to have happened. So what's the big deal? As of yesterday... It was only one branch of the government that did it. As of about a month ago, the Senate ap approved it. Then the Congress approved it. And yesterday, the president signed a bill on the 13th of December. So the entire nation of America, the entire nation has been given over lock, stock, and barrel to the approval of this abomination. And then to boot, there was a large festive presidential White House event, like that of Babylon, Belshazzar's party. There was a great presidential White House event that was held to celebrate the signing, along with a drag show, many drag film and music entertainment pe people were there to celebrate. And there was a party. It was a celebration. It was a large, festive celebration. All the stops were pulled out. I want you to go to YouTube, and you can pull it up. 
And you can see one clip I pulled up and I'm saving in my records was 23 minutes long. But there was another clip with the entire thing from the White House. There's more than an hour. And showed you everything from start to finish. This was a presidential declaration. This was a presidential celebration. This was on the order of Belshazzar's party in Babylon. This celebration was just like that done by Belshazzar and his pals, celebrating the opening of Pandora's box of all wickedness, immoralities. This was a celebration of dissing Jesus Christ, dissing the living God. This box is now fully opened, and everything inside of that box has jumped out. It is now law. And it is now the law of the land. The flag, the symbol, is now flying, fluttering in the wind. And there is nothing anybody can do. Because the entire nation now says this is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is our values. And this is our interests. The horse is out of the barn, as they say. And there is no stopping it now. The U.S. is now forcibly exporting its abominations to multiple other nations under threats, intimidations, and use of force. Since a couple of years ago, many nations were told, unless you recognize LGBTQ, we will not give you aid. They were told that there is a special office inside of the presidential office the State Department that takes care of that. You can search that out on the Internet. And they are to keep nations in line so that America's interests and America's values are carried out. America has now become the mother, the producer, the birther of these abominations. That's why you need to get that book, Mystery, Babylon, the mother, the producer of every abomination under the sun. Mystery Babylon. You must have that book. In addition, America is pushing very hard for a hot or a kinetic war with Russia as we speak. I dealt with that today. And then after that war is over, they want to weaken Russia. Then they want to go after China, which is the real enemy. They desperately need a worldwide war to blame all the coming collapse and chaos upon the wars. Because, you see, things are about to crash. They know it, and they are designing a war. But, you see, the war is all according to their agenda. They have a plan, and the plan is, in, is to include this war. And when this war is included, they can point to the war and they can use the chaos to bring about a draconian world order. Now, I want to reveal a couple of things the Lord revealed to me and he revealed them to me this morning. I never seem to fully understand the things that God is doing, but I'm inquisitive. No one can say that Norman is not inquisitive. I inquire of God. And so when I read things, I dig deep into it. And I go back to the Bible, 
And I inquire, I'm constantly talking with God. Why is this and why is that? And he's constantly talking. And even in the middle of driving, high-speed driving, 70, 75 miles an hour, I still have to have my pen. And I have to have a piece of paper. And I have to write stuff down, even though I'm driving. And I have to do that because when God speaks, he speaks. And if you don't write stuff down, you'll forget it. And the things he speaks... You must write them down because based upon the things he reveals to you, you can write a whole chapter just out of one or two words that he reveals. So God revealed something to me this morning. I want to share it with you. It says America has now become like a dead corpse. All the organs have stopped. The heart is dead. There's no life-giving blood circulating in it anymore. There's no life-giving oxygen that flows from the beating heart. There's no life-giving nutrients flowing. All have stopped. When did it stop? 12-13-2022. Everything has stopped. And when a person dies, what happens? Rigor mortis sets in. The person becomes stiff. The joints can't move. The limbs cannot move. They lie on the ground. Nothing is beginning to flow. Monies, which used to flow in America, is going to come to a standstill. Jobs is going to cease flowing. Things are going to become what? Stagnant. I've heard the term stagflation. High price of things, meaning inflated price of things, but stagflation, like stagnant. You know why water becomes stagnant? Because it becomes like a sitting puddle, like a pond. There's no life in it. But when you have a river that's flowing, it has life because it's flowing. It bubbles, gurgles, it oxygenates. Fishes live in a river. Living things live in a living river. But you have a pond, and it just sits there, it becomes stagnant. That's what happens when a body dies. It has become like a dead corpse. No nutrients are flowing. Everything has stopped. Rigor mortis is going to set in. Stiffness will set in. And then the process of decay will begin. The process of foul, uncleanness will begin. And when death comes, the body begins to decay, and it begins to become foul. Because the body is dead, the teeth is not brushed, the mouth is not brushed, the body is not washed anymore. And even if they wash it, you know, like they do it in the funeral home, it still doesn't matter. Because, you know, we take a bath every day. So it becomes unclean, it becomes foul, and symbolizing foul and unclean devils, which will be coming from a putrefying body. So when things of this nature happens, the spiritual nature, the spiritual aspect jumps in, and foul and unclean demons are going to begin to arise and arise quickly. Is it any wonder? And I've wondered why there's so much road rage and so much... Uh, Foul things happen, unclean things, and evil things going on around the country, around the world. And the Lord showed me, and he started speaking to me and revealing to me. He says, you ain't seen nothing yet, son, because now that the body is dead, now that the nation is dead, this is when it's going to begin. 
The unclean spirits will rise up along with this evil and this rottenness. Because there's no life-giving flow in it anymore. God says, I've taken the very life out of it. It's not dead. It's like a corpse. There's going to be a madness and a frenzy which is going to permeate the atmosphere. When a body is dead and it lays on the ground, and you leave it out in the open, what happens? The vultures begin to see the body. Creatures begin to be attracted to it. Animals begin to come and hover around it. So all these demons are going to be coming and permeating the atmosphere. They're going to come over. There's going to be a mist. <laughs> There's going to be demons coming around. Where they come from? They're coming up from the bowels of hell. They're coming up for a party. Because you see, death has begun. And when death begins, it attracts vultures. It attracts foul and unclean demons. So all this will be permeating the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere. Let me warn you tonight, and let me warn all those who would listen. And by the way, when you go to YouTube, you can check this out tomorrow. You can go to Rumble, share and like. That this is what's going to happen, and we're going to see this very, very soon. Death only occurred on the 13th. But as the days go by in the future, we're going to see an increase, especially next year, in the spiritual atmosphere, the foul and the unclean demon that will be popping up here, there, and everywhere. There's going to be a tremendous amount of hostilities, evil. God says a siege from God has begun. He has put a siege. You know what a siege is? He has surrounded. For example, Jerusalem was surrounded by Babylon. They besieged it. They laid siege to it. Nothing could go out. Nothing could come in. God has begun to put a siege around it. God said this is where everything is going to dry up. Money will fail. Money will what? Fail. Food will fail. There will be official as well as unofficial cannibalism. It has happened before in the Bible, and it will happen again. It happened in Samaria. It happened in Jerusalem when it was uh, besieged by uh, 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 Babylon. It happened in Samaria. They were besieged by the Assyrians when the official famine, or should I say official cannibalism and unofficial cannibalism. People began to eat other people. They began to eat their children. They began to eat animals, anything they could find. God said these things are happening, and these things are going to happen. They've happened before, and it will happen again. And the Lord took me back in the Bible, and he showed me. When nations defy him, and he speaks judgment, all these things happen because God does what is called a cut-off. He lays siege to the nation. What are we looking at? I read the article that's coming, factory-made meats. I found this one interesting. They're going to be making meats because there will be no cows, no pigs. 
all the people. The animal rights activists, they say, we don't want animals, and we don't want chickens, and we don't want meat. There's going to be factory-made meats. And as I began to dig deep into what it's going to be made from, what do you think it's going to be made from? Because the love of money is the root of all people. Do you believe that when people die, they're going to allow them to be put in a casket or burn their body or do something of that nature with them? No. They're going to take their bodies. They're going to recycle those bodies. They're going to put these bodies in the factory, put it in the meat grinder. And they're going to make food out of that and say this is meats that come from the factory. And when people eat other people, it is said that when they eat other people, there's a thing called kurug. They lose salad, like mad cow. You know how they got mad cow disease? They took the brains of cows. They had so many brains from the slaughterhouses and the internal parts of cows, and they ground it up together. They dried it, and they put it in the cow's food and fed it back to the cow. And what happened? They had mad, mad cow's disease. Well, that's what they're going to be using and doing with people. People will be cannibalizing people, and it causes insanity because the wickedness will be abounding, and insane people will do even more insane things. And the Lord began to show me all these things. And, you know, sometimes you read these things and you have this knowledge and you have these things in your mental computer and God began to pull them all out and show me, Norman, this is how this works. This is how all this is how my mad cow works. The cannibalizing of other people because people are going to be hungry and people are going to eat dead people. Every kind of immorality is going to jump out. It's as if everything will stop. Everything will what? Stop. Nothing will be turning. It's as if all commerce is stopped. It's as if all manufacturing is stopped. It's as if everything has stopped. The Bible uh, uh, tells us and shows us these things. And the Lord began to show me that there is as if a, a decay is going to be setting in. Things are going to become rotten. And I'm going, my God, I was so burdened when I heard all this. And he began to show me these things. I said, God, I really don't want to see this thing. And God spoke to me and said, go back and read the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Look at what Jeremiah had to tell the people. And they wouldn't listen. And God says, I had to reveal to Jeremiah and say, Jeremiah, all these things are going to happen. We need to look at the book of Jeremiah and read the lamentations of Jeremiah. You know, in my entire Christian journey, I've read that book maybe once or twice. I don't dwell on that book. I don't like it. Because he saw what was coming. He saw the decay set again. Nothing works anymore. Normal becomes abnormal. And I'm going, God, what, am I the one that has to, and he's, as he's revealing this to me today, and I'm going, God, am I going to have to be the bearer of bad news? He said, no, you wouldn't be the first one. Jeremiah had to do the same thing. Somebody got to do it. And he said, nothing will work anymore because I'm going to take the chariot wheels off. 
What does the Bible say? The God says he resists the proud, but he will give favor to the humble. And he goes on and he begins to shout and he showed me. They will shout out peace and safety. But you know what that means. When they begin to say peace and safety, sudden destruction is going to come upon them. It will go from one disaster to another because I'm fighting against them. This is a dead nation, a dead corpse, nothing live, nothing living. And he showed me again something. He said, in the same manner as the eyes of a dead animal. Now, if you don't know anything about dead animals and vultures, crows that come to eat dead animals, one of the first things that crows eat, you know one of the first things, the part of the body that vultures eat? The eyeballs. The eyeballs. And God says, they will lose sight. Not only physical sight, but they'll begin to lose spiritual sight. Because the vultures will come and eat the eyeballs. The devil will come and eat the very eyeballs. Blindness will cause, will be caused to come upon them. The Lord showed me these things today. Then after the blindness, the vultures eat, they began to eat the vital organs in the underbelly. The soft part, the underbelly. Pluck out the vital organs. You can't live without your heart, your lungs, liver, spleen, intestines. But once that part of the body is penetrated and those vital organs are going to be plucked out, the underbelly, the soft underbelly, that's where the demons are going to go and that's where the devil and everything is going to be taken. And the underbelly of a nation the eyeball is the security. You know, the security where they watch uh, the radars, different kind of stuff in the military, the radars, blinding. And then the underbelly, the unprotected areas, the delicate areas. Those are the places that will be affected. The judgment of God will become and be in full swing upon the nation. It is like a dead corpse. And all that's going to happen is the rot and decay is going to be setting in. When did it start? Started 12-13-2022. And in my book, you need to get the book and read. The cities will be on fire. Talk about checkpoints, martial law, because nothing will work. There will be so much chaos. Hungry people everywhere, marauding groups, gangs, they will have to have checkpoints, martial law. All these are coming. And what will happen to God's people? God's people will now have the odious job of navigating the death, the stench of his judgment. And only through and by the living word of God, which is spirit and life, the fire and the hammer of God's word, Will the Christians make it through? We're called upon to endure. Jesus said we must endure until the very end. But what will we endure? Because you see, sometimes the Bible doesn't make it very, very clean. It doesn't fill in all the blanks or the details. It only tells you about wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, diseases, earthquakes in diverse places. 
nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And that's all it tells us. But when God showed me and gave me a revelation of what's going on, I have to make sure I tell you so you know how to navigate and what's going to happen. Judgment, death, destruction, the stench will be all around. And only with God's holy angels are we going to be able to navigate to make Only Jesus and the holy angels will respond to the word of God from the mouth of his children. There is a way out. And I don't want anyone to get the message tonight that there's an impossibility, it's doom and gloom, and believe that I'm a prophet of doom and gloom. No, I have good news for you. I'm excited because the Lord has given me an excitement. He has given me a zeal and he's given me a passion and he showed me. He says, go back in my book and take a look and see how I've done it before. Do you remember the little widow woman of Zarephath? Where I sent my, my, my servant Elijah to be sustained by her? You remember she was about to eat her last meal, her and her son, and die? And the man of God spoke the word of God over her house, her household, over her food, and the food lasted for the duration of the famine. I am still the same God, and I still look out for my people. Jesus came along in the New Testament and he said there were many widows in the time of Jeremiah, uh, in the time of Elijah, in Sarepta. But Elijah was only sent to one woman. What happened to all the other widows? They were not righteous. This woman was a righteous woman. This woman acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And she received the blessings. Well, let me tell you something. If you're righteous, God will send a prophet. And he'll send a prophet to sustain you. He'll send a prophet to speak words over you. He'll send a messenger boy to tell you something so you know that you're going to make it. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Why? Because that's what he promised us. I have to give that message. That's my assignment. And sometimes I look and I say, God, I mean, you know, I, I, I used to say, God, why me? And God would respond and say, why not you, son? This has been your destiny. This is the reason you are born. This is why the devil wanted to take you out and couldn't take you out. This is why you became an atheist. This is why your life has been lumps and bumps. You were in the kingdom for such a time as this. Why? Because I'm giving you something for you to tell my people, trust him, don't be afraid. There is a way out. Bible Code 7 was revealed to me by God. And I'm going, God, what took you so long? And God says, son, the fullness of time had not yet come. And as much as the fullness of time had come and he made me write the book, we ain't seen nothing yet because you see, until it's very dark, you won't know how well the flashlight is going to work. Don't try to turn it on and waste a battery in the daytime while there's still light. Don't try to look up if you live in Miami or you live in a city and see the stars in the sky. It's not going to work. 
But you go out in some place where it's dark. Go out in some place across the Everglades, away from the cities. Park your car and then look up, and you will see the blazing sky. You'll see all the stars in the heavens, and you will marvel. Heavens will declare the glory of God. Hmm? And the firmament will show the handiwork of God. Not until it's dark, you won't see it. And not until things get really dark and really difficult, you will not see the miracle-working hand of the living God in your life. I can tell you something, though. If you live in a city, try to get out of the city areas. Try to get out of those apartment areas. Try to get down in the suburbs. God didn't tell me go anywhere yet. I know he's going to tell me go, get up and go. I know he's going to make a way. He's going to tell some of his people get, but I'm not going to tell anybody get up and do anything because he didn't tell me what to do. But we are going to reach a certain point in time where God's going to say get up and leave. He didn't tell his people to get out of Egypt, not until after the tenth plague. He says, now you go. And when you go, you're going to go with what? Gold, silver, and changes of clothing. We will not leave Egypt empty-handed. There will be a time when God says, get up and leave. I cannot destroy the city while you're here in the city. So God will tell us. He will show us. He will take us out. He'll lead us out. But I can tell you for sure that the cities, the large cities in America are going to be on fire. Because he showed that to me. He showed me the chaos in the cities. He showed me the amount of people in the cities. He showed me people running here, there, and everywhere. He showed me martial law, where you cannot go past a certain checkpoint. And they will be held hostage. And for them to get some food, will there be no food? You don't grow food in the cities. You've got to ascribe to the devil and the program to get food in those cities. Again, Jesus and the holy angels will not only respond to the word of God, but will respond to that word from the mouth of his children. The Lord knoweth his own. His eyes are upon the righteous and his ears are open, attentive to their cry. He knows the righteous, and he is listening to them to call out to him. And the exciting part is we are alive to see all this. Oh, hallelujah. We are alive to see all this. The fulfillment of Bible prophecies. We are alive to see a thousand falling at your left side and ten thousand at your right hand. Nothing coming near you, just as he promised. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. And you know, sometimes I talk to God about this scripture. We take scripture and it seems so abstract. It seems so far-fetched. And it seems so far-fetched that sometimes you don't believe it because it's too far out. It don't make no sense to you. And I told you this, I testify, and I told you so many times that while I was an atheist, the Bible didn't make, make no kind of sense to me. It was fairy tales. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, don't bother with that stuff because I, I don't want to hear it. I had no tolerance for that. 
But the wisdom books, Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes, I could see that because, you see, it had a reference to human life, the games people play, and the things that happen to people in life. So I relate to that. So I had to come full circle. And when God brought me full circle into his word, he made me be, be, begin to see how alive and how apropos his word was. And when I want to see God move and what he did back then, so I can take him at his word that if you did it then, you must do it again. You're not a God of the dead. You're the God of the living. He'll take me back and show me what he did before. And if he did it before, he can correlate what he has done before. For example, with that widow woman, Elijah, he says, I can do it again. I can do it again. So I'm excited. We're alive to see all this. The fulfillment of Bible prophecies, knowing that Jesus is going to break through for us. We're going to be the miracle-working people. And we will endure. And it's not going to be like a hardship endurance. No. It's going to be a worshipful, joyful endurance because we're going to see miracle, miracle, miracle every day. When you ain't got no food, we're going to get to praying early in the morning. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins and our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And some way, somehow, the food will come to us. Might not be the kind of food you want, but it will be a nice meal. Trust me. It will be a nice meal. might not be three squares. It might be one square. Praise the Lord anyhow. He will provide. He will supply. He cannot fail. He will not fail. I'm excited because I'm going to prove him. I'm going to prove his word. I'm going to be the recipient of angelic miracles. I'll be fed by, kept by, protected by his mighty angels. My God, when I leave my house and I go out on the highway, I'm rolling 75, 80 miles an hour. And when I roll that speed, I know I'm rolling with angels, goodness and mercy. He has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. And in their hands, they shall bear me up lest at any time I dash my foot against the stone. I hear what I'm telling you. This is the time and the season to prove God. So as much as God has given me this doom and gloom, the decay, the rot of this rotten corpse called a nation, and the things that have happened in 12-13-2022, and how it's going to multiply, and the things multiplied all over the world, and what's going to happen all over, God says, don't worry about it. I'm still God. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to gradually increase. Gradually, gradually, gradually. The noose is going to tighten. The wheels are going to come off. It's going to get tighter and tighter and tighter. But guess what? The darker and darker and darker it gets, the brighter and brighter and brighter, you're going to shine. You're going to let your light shine for Jesus. And when you begin to see the angels coming true for you, you're going to become more and more joyful. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, you go to the gym and you work out, you get stronger, you stay fit, you stay trim. Well, let me tell you something. You need to work out with the word. 
When you work out with the word, declare that word, you're going to stay fit and trim, excited. Miracles going to be all around you. The Bible says he will make his angels spirits and he will make his ministers a blazing fire. You will become a blazing fire. And that's what I want you to become. That's what my message is all about. That's what Code 7 Warfare is all about. Nothing shall by any means harm you. The Bible will come alive to us as it is a living document. Do you know the Bible is a living document? The Bible it is spirit. It's a spirit. It's pneuma. It's like an angel. And it is life. And when I say spirit, it's not like an angel. Because you see, angels are created beings. But the spirit that the Bible is, is like the spirit of God. God is a spirit. And the Bible references and tells us that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God is what? Jesus Christ who is God, who is a spirit. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is spirit, and that spirit is alive. The Word of God is it, and Code 7 is the way to go, the earnest prayers of God that you must pray to stay alive and make it through. So it's not a matter of, oh my God, God, Jesus said endure. Oh, it's going to be a hard thing to do every day. We're going to get up and oh God, it's going to be a burden. It's going to be, no, 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 no. It's going to be a joyful endurance. It's going to be a joyful pushing through. Why? Because we're going to see and be the recipients of miracles from God. And when you receive a miracle from God and see how he provides, see how he blesses, see how he preserves, see how he protects, you're going to be joyful. You're going to be excited. Listen carefully to me. Acts 12. Let's go there and close on this. And I want you to draw your life from that. You remember what happened to Peter in Acts 12? Herod grabbed James, butchered him. Grab Peter, put him in jail. Sixteen soldiers lying on the ground. Peter in the middle in chains, leg irons. Not only leg irons, but he had handcuffs on him. Guys are watching the door to the cells, to the prison. The angel walks in. And the angel slapped Peter and said, get up. Bind on your sandals. Put on your coat. Let's go. The handcuffs fell off. The leg irons fell off. The door of the keeper is opens up itself. The keeper is still standing there on guard. Go to a next door, the door open, and the keeper is still standing there. Go to another door, and all the doors, everything opens of its own accord. And everybody is standing there, and nobody sees Peter. And nobody sees the angel. And they go outside. Well, the cool air hits Peter, and he finally wakes up and he says, wait a minute, I'm not dreaming. Pinch myself. I'm awake. Wait a minute, this really is happening. I'm outside. I'm free. He endured. And when he found out he was free, he was what? Joyful. He was excited. And he went to the house. 
and they were having prayer meeting for him. And he knocked on the door, and this young lady named Rhoda came to the door, and Rhoda looked, and my God, she was so excited. She's, she didn't even open the door. She said, I see Peter uh, knocking on the door. It's Peter outside, and she told everybody. And they said, no, it's not Peter, it's his ghost. Ghost meaning maybe he's dead. They're having prayer meeting, praying for Peter. Oh, God, save Peter. Bring him out from prison. Don't let them kill him. And then they say, oh, it must be his ghost. What kind of prayer meeting is that? Well, for that person anyway. You're praying to have somebody released, and you talk about he's dead. This is his ghost. We don't pray that kind of prayer. But there was joy. When finally they opened the door, he said, shh. They were all excited. What are they doing? They were enduring. The miracle of Peter coming out, that was exciting. That was awesome. That was amazing. God just showed up to prove, I rescue my people. Don't mess with my people. Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And when you continue reading the scripture, the next day, Herod said, where is Peter? And they couldn't find him. You know what he said? He said, kill them all. Kill all of the jailers. Kill all the soldiers right in that jail. And they all died. Why? They enslaved Peter, put him in leg irons. And back in those days, they didn't treat prisoners too nicely. They probably slapped him around and kicked him in the behind, you know. Treat him bad, didn't give him no food, wouldn't let him go to the bathroom. They treated him rotten. Well, guess what? They're dead. Don't touch my people. Don't mess with them. I'll kill you. And most likely, these were the same guys that killed uh, uh, James. So the death of James was avenged, and the touching of Peter's holy body was avenged. You grab my servant, put him in leg irons, put him in handcuffs, and you put your dirty, stinking hands on him, God, you're dead. They died. And a couple verses down, maybe a couple days later, the same Herod went to make a speech, and he made a speech, and they said this is the voice of a God and not of a man, and he did not give God the glory, God instantly Immediately, the Bible says, sent worms to eat him. He became worm food, and he died a gruesome, awful, agonizing death. That's exciting. When I hear something like that, I'm excited. Why? Because, you see, it's the Bible. What God said he can do, he will do. What he said he can achieve, he will achieve. And he did achieve it. He showed us his divine protection. He showed us his vengeance. Let us see your vengeance upon our enemies. Well, you slap my servant Peter around. Vengeance. You're dead. And the one who gave the orders from the top, he's dead too. Peter was alive. They martyred him. Yes, we know that. But it wasn't Herod who did all that. So we're not going to endure, as Jesus said, endure to the very end. It won't be painful and hard and an agonizing endurance. It will be a faithful, 
joyful endurance. The joy of the Lord is going to be our strength. That joy is going to take us through. So in spite of the decay and the rot in this body, this country, this nation, as we're going to see and the things we're going to look at, and we're going to have to endure and go through until he directs us otherwise, it will be joyful. It will be beautiful. It will be amazing. It will be exciting. I am looking forward to it. I am challenged by what I read and what I see, what I hear. And my assignment is to encourage you and tell you, you are going to make it. You're not going to be a victim. You are going to make it. You shall live. You shall not die. Long life, the Lord said, I will satisfy you and show you my saving grace. Ah, nothing shall by any means harm you. You're my child. I love you. And I'm going to take you through. Why? Because those who are alive and remaining in Jesus when he returns must be caught up to meet him in the air. There must be a welcoming party. Not everybody is going to die in the Lord. So he has to resurrect the righteous dead. No, many will be alive and remaining in him. And we are called and equipped and endowed with power and authority and given understanding of how to endure through Bible Code 7, till Jesus returns. So, in spite of what's going on and what is going to transpire, don't worry about it. Keep your focus, man. Keep your focus, brother. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Word. You're going to make it. Strengthen yourself. Build some spiritual muscles in the Word of the living God. Know how to code that Word and stand on that Word. And remember now, remember what he told me. When things look real, real bad, just to remember, he told you, Psalm 91, he's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands. They'll carry you, lest at any time you dash your foot against this stone. A thousand will fall at your left-hand side, 10,000 at your right-hand side, but it ain't going to touch you. Nothing shall by any means harm you. I want you to go to Bible Code 7. Dot com. You've got to get my new book, Mystery Babylon. You've got to know who Babylon is. You've got to know what's going on and what's going to happen in this world today. Because you see, if you don't know those things, you're going to be in the dark. And I don't want you in the dark. I want you to be in the light, fully in the light. I want you to have that deep understanding of who you are. In Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace, both now and until he returns. Have yourself an awesome, victorious, and peaceful night. God bless you. We'll catch you again 12 noon tomorrow for the daily briefing.